How You Road to Growth listeners. Uh, today we have Humberto Hernandez Jr. He is the owner and president of American Profit Consulting. Uh, his his parents are actually were immigrants coming over here to this this country, uh, the United States. While they're here, you know, I mean, he talks about the idea how how hard they pushed and 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 fought through. And for himself, he kind of did the same thing. He 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 jumped in at seventeen as a teller and kind of worked his way up the ranks over the last couple of years. Started his own business, and it's it's a pretty cool story just to hear the game plans he puts together for himself and also his clients. If you're thinking about getting into the consulting business, thinking about getting into the banking business, or just thinking about expanding your business, please listen, please subscribe, and, and tell your friends. Welcome to the Road to Growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. All right. Thank you, Humberto, for, for being here. We got a, a little talking to you before we actually got on the mic. And uh, it's wild. You're starting your own podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what was the name of the, the podcast? Straight Out of Cashflow. Straight Out of Cashflow. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So you are, I guess, do you classify yourself as a bank whisperer? No. So I had, a, it's funny, man. Somebody just called me that not long ago. And so I thought, okay, maybe that's what I'll, I'll use as my handle for Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but I had a client who had been declined by three or four different banks and uh, I got him approved and I got him the money that he needed. Mm. And so he goes, man, you're like a bank whisperer. And then literally within a week, somebody else called me the same thing. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll use this. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So d- did you have to like rebrand or how does that, how does it work? For what? For the Twitter the, handle? The, the, yeah. Oh, it's just a Twitter. No, yeah. Just a Twitter handle. I didn't have one yet. And okay. so I was at the time I was trying to expand my social media footprint. Yeah. And I thought, well, I got to start a Twitter. I'll, I'll just, I'll use that. So yeah, for, I know for, for our team, we we started using uh, who do you know that we should know? And so then now all our marketing stuff, I'm like, okay, how can we put this back on there? So it's kind of slowly kind of venturing yeah. to add that, that aspect of it to it. So you do uh, mostly uh, commercial loans. Right? Yeah. So I'm a consultant loan broker. Okay. So I spent about 15 years in banking okay. uh, and then most recently as a commercial lender. And so I know the game real well. I know how to underwrite things. I know how to talk to uh, uh, underwriters themselves and how to structure deals so that they get approved. I have a really good idea of who's doing what, what banks like to do, what type of loans. Um, and I even know how to negotiate things that most people don't know are negotiable. Mm. And so basically what I do is I help clients that are looking for money from beginning to end. So I navigate the entire process for them. Uh, I help them kind of underwrite before, uh, modif- or uh, be- I try to help them underwrite their, their file yeah. and then give them a really good idea of what they'll get approved for being that I, I know how banks look at things and how they underwrite. And then I go out and I shop it for them. Are you able to talk about what were some of the things that can be negotiable that people probably don't know? Or maybe one of like one of Yeah, those? I mean, there's a lot. You okay. know, um, basically what happens is when you get approved for a business loan, there's going to be fees and terms involved. And a lot of people don't know that you can that you can negotiate the, the even just the price of the loan. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes there's going to be like a one or two percent fee loan fee, mm-hmm. and you can you can negotiate that down to like a dock fee of like five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I had a loan fee reduced from I think it was like $7,500 down to a $500 doc fee. Oh. Yeah, and again, that was just because it was a larger loan, of course, and so that's when you'll see larger loan fees, but um, almost anything's negotiable. Wow. Yeah. So what, what brought you to the path of being a consultant? So it's a whole story, uh, but I started in banking in high school as a teller and uh, quickly moved my way up that ladder. 
Uh, when I was 23, I think I was the youngest VP commercial relationship manager at Wells Fargo. I grew up in Bakersfield, and uh, so it was a small office, maybe eight or nine bankers in there. And uh, just you know, hit the ground running, was working super hard, did everything I possibly could to you know, create a name for myself in banking. And uh, about two and a half years ago, uh, this is after I should back up, we moved to San Diego about four years ago, uh, landed at Chase, which is obviously a, a national bank. And I was working in Coronado, lived in Coronado. It was great. It was walking to work, super nice. And I was covering a pretty big territory from like uh, Ocean Beach, down through Mission Valley, down through downtown, and Coronado Island. That was my, my territory. And then I had a small bank try to come and recruit me. And they were pretty aggressive. And at first I was, you know, I was just like, no, thank you. I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. Um, and then slowly, you know, they, you know, I guess caught my attention. And they started throwing big numbers out as far as salary goes. And so I went to the interview, nailed it, uh, went through the entire interview process. And then the recruiter calls me and she goes, hey, um, they're going to offer you the max, the max salary. And I was like, okay, well, what's the max? She was, well, it's six figures. And she told me, I broke it all down. I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's big for somebody like myself. You know, my parents are immigrants. Uh, I don't have a college degree. I just was at the right place at the right time, worked my butt off type of thing. And so went over to that bank, again, hit the ground running, was doing really well. Uh, on a Monday morning phone call, it was like a bank-wide conference call. I got four Padre tickets for the game because I had done so well. And the week before that, I brought in a $5 million deposit account. The very next day, I get let go from the bank. And it was just kind of like a punch in the gut. Never had been employed, never lost a job, always did real well, performed real well. And so uh, luckily, though, it was at a point in my life where I was debt-free, um, had a lot of money saved up. I've always been pretty good with finances, personal finances. And so it was a moment to kind of reflect and try to figure out what I wanted to do next. And uh, what I did was I went to a client who uh, was in my pipeline at the time at the bank, and it's a brewery up in Mira Mesa, Protector Brewery, and the guy's name is Sean. I walked in there, I saw Sean, and I said, hey man, listen, uh, your paperwork's almost done, I'm getting ready to have you on boarded, but I'm not gonna be at the bank anymore. And he goes, well, that's the only reason I was gonna go, what happened? I told him the story, and then he goes, hey man, excuse my language, but F that bank, I'm gonna hire you as my consultant. He goes, because I know you know your stuff, and this way you don't have to convince me to go bank with you or convince me that that's the best bank in the world, you can tell me where I should be doing my banking and help me out with my future needs and stuff like that. And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. I wasn't even, wasn't thinking about my, you know, a business, I was thinking about my resume. And so he goes, hey, this, this couple at the end of the bar, they own a restaurant in Old Town, let me introduce you. So I said, okay, I walked over and he goes, hey, this is Umberto, he's my consultant. And then they asked me questions about an SBA loan because they wanted to open up a second location. And so I spoke to them for like 15 minutes and they go, you know what, we're going to hire you too. And they go, do you have a business card? And I thought, I don't even have a business. You know, like, <laughs> this, is, this is just an introduction. And so I went home and I thought, well, maybe I, sh maybe I can start a consulting company. And I started Googling like how to become a consultant. And uh, I think I bought like four books on Amazon, like consulting Bible, didn't read a single one of them. But what I did do right was I went to my clients who I had done business with in the past or was in my pipeline at the time, and I told them what happened. And a lot of them said, yeah, come to the office. You know, can you do this for me? And they hired me to, you know, broker a commercial loan or, a com or a equipment loan, excuse me. My first loan that I brokered on my own was for a CNC machine for a company out in Poway. And uh, I thought, okay, I can do this. So that's kind of, I know it's a story, but that's, that's kind of how it happened. All right, so let's walk back from the beginning. Okay, so immigrants, 21, became a teller. Uh, 17, I was a teller. 17 teller, <clears throat> okay. And then with 21, you were small business making, and then 23, commercial lending, right. Wells Fargo. Yep. 
And then how old were you when you came to Chase? So when I came to Chase, I was about four and a half years ago. So I was 28. 28. Yeah, I'm 32 now. Okay. And so then how long ago did you start your consulting? Two and a half years ago. So I was 29 and a half. Wow. Yeah. So moving up the ranks with the small business with... That was all at Wells Fargo, like at the teller, yeah. small business, and then... Well, actually, uh, I was a teller at a local credit union, yeah. and then kind of hit a ceiling in my career, and so somebody said, hey, Wells Fargo would love to have you. I went over, interviewed, got hired on the spot as a personal banker. Yeah. I was a personal banker for two years, and then I got promoted into business banking. But it's business banking at Wells Fargo, there's really three different levels. There's like retail, which mm. is what you'd find on the street corner at a local brick and mortar branch. And then uh, that's typically zero to $2 million in annual revenue, very low complexity. Here's your checking account, debit card, credit card, like that's really it. And then if you do well and you, f you uncover bigger needs, you get s it, those needs get sent up to what's called the business banking group. And they do from like two to $20 million in annual revenue, businesses of that, that size. So was it slowly moving up just like, do, you, do most people like, if they're a teller, is the easiest way to move up, move to a different bank? Yeah, dude, sometimes it is. You know, sometimes it is. At that place, that credit union was, uh, it's kind of old school, you know? Yeah. And, and I say that in the sense that I was very much, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it, I had proven myself. I was worthy right. of being a personal banker there. But because of my age, they, they just wouldn't promote me. And I was, and one of the, I had made really good friends with, I think he was like the CEO of the credit union at the time. He told me the truth. He took me to lunch. He was like, it's because of your age. Yep. So. Well, it's, it's so funny. So I've had different people on the platform. Um, and I know there's, there's one guy that he's a, he's a big artist. And he says every time he goes back East, right, he sees his friends and they're just like, you ain't shit. But then when he's actually there, he's a, he's a big artist again because like the people you grew up with don't want to see you actually grow up. So I almost, I wonder if that's kind of the mindset too of like going to the different banks and now you're actually a shiny object instead of just basically that, that kid that was just. Yep. That, that grew up there. Yeah, it could be. Um, so you said your parents were immigrants. Yeah. How, how old are you when you came, when were you born here then? I guess? Yeah. So my parents were, uh, my parents were, were Mexican. Okay. My parents are both from Guadalajara, okay. uh, Jalisco. And then, uh, they got married there. Uh, my mom, uh, I was conceived, my mom was pregnant and that's when they moved to the States. So they moved to Orange County. I think I was, I think I was born in Santa Ana, yeah. Orange area. And then we moved to Bakersfield when I was a little kid. So do they, how much do they tell you about basically living in Mexico compared to a lot? Yeah. I got to see it. I mean, most of my family's still there. My dad's side, there's 10 brothers and sisters mm. and only two live in the States, my dad and my uncle. And on my mom's side, it's four and only two live in the States, my mom and my aunt. And so the majority of my family is in Mexico. So I get to kind of see that whole day-to-day -day life and I visit all the time. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> Do you think Different. there's any, any kind of, because it seems like you have a fairly strong worth ethic that's kind of allowed you to succeed to, to where you are today. Does that play a factor of being absolutely. from immigrants? Or? Yeah, absolutely, man. I saw my dad work his butt off as a kid and uh, save and save and work and work. And, you know, he, he put us in a really nice neighborhood, uh, but we were house poor, you know, and I think he, I think you know, hindsight looking back as an adult, I think that was a wise move because we got to grow up in a good neighborhood around good kids and all that stuff. But my dad, I mean, he was holding down two and three jobs sometimes. He had a full-time job working as a groundskeeper at a country club. Mm. And then at night, he would cook and bartend at a uh, sports, it was like a uh, um, racetrack satellite wagering bar. 
And then on the weekends, he'd work at the gas station. So I, I saw my parents work, you know, and I think that's uh, something that, you know, they instilled in me was, was hard work. I was going to school, and then what happened was actually um, I was moving up pretty quickly at, the, at that credit union. There was, there was a job in between that and personal banker that I really wanted. Yeah. And they said, well, we can't promote you because you have to be full-time, and because you're going to school, we can't do that. And so I said, okay, cool, well, I'll go to night school. And then so I got the promotion. I was kind of like a supervisor behind the teller line, supervising, you know, the tellers and stuff. And then um, I slowly phased out of that because I just kept getting promoted. <laughs> I just kept moving up. And so that's kind of how that happened. So did you think about going back to school? No. No? <laughs> no. What do, I mean, so one of the things, so my, uh, my dad's Mexican and my grandparents came from Mexico, right? So they, they immigrated across. And yeah, so my dad with the opposite direction, I think really whitewashed me, right? Yeah. But it was one of the, the big things of, of schooling, 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 right? Yeah. Was the, the big avenue. And he's like, you have to, you mean, because what you see on TV or read books, that kind of stuff is like, do you have a beat attorney, be that kind of thing, right? Yeah. And so did that, what did they feel about you not going to school? Did they have any say into it or just saw that you're succeeding or what happened there? Well, I think, you know, first of all, my parents are immigrants and they work super hard jobs. Yeah. So when I graduated from high school, with all due respect to my parents, I was making more money than them the Monday after I graduated because I was yeah. working at the bank. Yeah. And so they saw me become you know, somewhat successful and I was helping them at home with certain things and sometimes I'd help them with money and things like that. And yeah. so I think what happened, I remember my mom goes, Mijo, I don't see you carrying a backpack anymore. Are you still going to school? <laughs> and I was like, no, mom, I'm not. And at the time, you know, um, again, I was just you know, moving up and I was focusing on my career and going to networking events and doing all these different things, you know, trying to, I guess, build my career in banking because I saw there was a future there for sure, you know? Um, so anyway, that's how that happened. <laughs> so was there anything, I, I know the transition, still fairly new, you know, a couple years old, kind of going on your own. Mm -hmm. Has there been any moment? Because I mean, I think anyone listening right now would wish the idea just to come and then get like two different uh, clients right off the back. So, I mean, that, that's great right there, but there had to be some kind of moments where it was just like, I did the right thing. Oh, it's still scary. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, my last job, and I say this with all, you know, as humbly as I can, I had a six-figure salary, yeah. making commission, uh, had benefits and all that. It was great. You know, there's a lot of money in banking. There can be. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot of freedom, but there's a good amount of money. And so to lose that, it was scary. Yeah. Again, you know, thank God at the time I had savings and I didn't have any debt. You know, I didn't have any credit card debt. I just had a mortgage. And so I was comfortable enough to go, okay, let me seek this out, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's still scary to not have a, a salary because, you know, in, in biz business is unpredictable. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you kind of a quick story. Uh, I had to change my business model a little bit uh, last year because around this time last year, the government shut down. So if you remember that. So because the government shut down, the IRS shut down, the SBA shut down, and that was that basically put me out of business almost for about three or four months oh, wow. because I wasn't able to close loans and I was getting paid on uh, loans upon loans closing. And so I didn't make any money for three or four months. And again, thank goodness at the time I had a bunch of money saved up and so was able to live off of savings for a little while and weather that storm. Uh, but since then, you know, you learn, you know, hey, I have to kind of re redo this and figure things out. And, you know, it's it's, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. You know? Has there been any sort of mentor or how have you learned? Is it just mostly by experience or whatever? Yeah. So great question. I have a, I, one of the things that I did right was I got into this, uh, like Facebook group. Um, and it's a paid group, but it's a bunch of brokers and lenders. And, uh, 
quick story. It, my, my birthday's in February. Well, that was kind of the tail end of the government shutdown, right? And I remember thinking to myself, like, man, I got to do something here because I'm not making any money and I don't even know when this shutdown's going to end. I think the last shutdown was only like 11 days and here we are three months into this thing and nobody knows when it's going to end. So I got into this group and there are different, there are really different types of money for, for business owners out there, right? So let's say if we're going to categorize these in three different categories, let's say category one is anything that is federally regulated. So you have big banks, national banks, you have regional banks, community banks, and then there are, there are non-bank lenders out there that have a charter, okay? And that's where all my focus was because that's what I knew. That's where I came from. I came from that world. I used to be a banker. I used to underwrite these loans. You know, I, in my banking career, I probably wrote over $100 million worth of loans. So I know this really well. Then there is, let's say, category two, everything that's unregulated. And that's like the wild, wild west, because everybody does something differently because there's no regulations. It's like you call a company because they have it's XYZ capital and you go, hey, this is what I'm looking for. The government shut down. I can't do an SBA loan or a conventional loan. And they go, oh, we only do this and we only go up to this amount of money or we only do from half a million to $2 million and it has to look like this and the, the minimum credit score has to be here. So that's it's a mess because th everybody's doing something different. It would be like if you and I went out and created Vinny and Umberto Capital and one of two things happens, either you and I invest our own money and then try to lend it out, or we go out and we raise money from investors, but the investors then have stipulations on where they want their money to go. Like some, some companies will only do equipment, some companies will only do real estate, some companies only wanna do lines of credit, but only up to a certain amount. So you really have to dig and like know who the players are and figure out, hey, if, if I can't get a, a company approved for a loan in category one, then we have to go down to category two, and then I have to kind of understand where. Does that make sense? Yeah. So category one, everything that's regulated, the best money out there, right? Your five, six, seven percent interest rates, uh, good terms, low fees, et cetera, but it's the hardest to qualify for, and it takes the longest to get done. Category two, unregulated, very, very easy to qualify for, very, very quick turnaround, emergency money, but it's expensive and you pay for it, right? And so I always say that there's really nothing wrong with taking some unregulated money so long as there's an exit strategy to get you back into category one, right? So for example, and I'll get to this mentor question. I, I, was, I was there personally when I, I heard my mentor, this guy that I, I mentor with now, he took a phone call from a client that needed emergency fund, money. And he goes, okay, listen, he goes, I can do this for you at this speed for this dollar amount he goes, but it's going to be like 60% interest. And the guy almost fell out of his chair. He was, but listen, he goes, if we were to take 60% interest divided by 12 months, that's 5% a month. He goes, I can get you back into bankable category one money in about three months. He goes, so you're really only going to pay 15% interest on this loan. He goes, what are your margins? He goes, well, if I took the money, I can probably make 50% margins. He goes, okay, would you be okay with 35% margins? If we deduct that 15% interest, you're going to pay over the next 90 days. And the guy goes, well, yeah, if you put it that way, yes. He goes, so 35% margins are better than no than nothing. And the guy goes, yeah, absolutely. He goes, okay, well, let's do this. And the guy goes, yeah, that makes total sense. So as long as you have an exit strategy or somebody who can kind of put the pieces together for you, like a little roadmap, I mean, it, it makes total sense to do it. So, so how do you learn that knowledge base of either of the different entities? Okay, for this is the guy to go to for this, this is the guy to go to this, to even talk to clients. I mean, because just that skill set alone yeah, so I think the 15 years in banking 
is the foundation for the skill set that I have now. Mm. Because that then allowed me to understand and be able to conversate and really dig deep on who's doing what and how they're doing it and how to get the best pricing and how to position it and structure it and all this stuff. Somebody who's really helped me a ton is, and I'm going to go back to your previous question. So I got into this group, right? And I hadn't made real money. I made a couple thousand dollars here and there, but I wasn't making, you know, like the amount of money I was, I was getting used to because the government shut down. And um, this guy on this group, he was posting like picture snapshots of deposits that were going into his account, right? And he was like, you know, this loan took us two weeks to get done, $28,000 deposit, like just large deposits. And uh, he'd go, this one was a quick phone call to my equipment finance guy, uh, funded in 72 hours, 14000 And I, I promise over like the course of a week, I think he posted like $75,000 worth of deposits going in his account. And I thought, okay, something's, something's wrong here. I'm not making any money. This guy's absolutely killing it. Uh, and I thought, well, should I look him up and call him? And I thought, no, I was just having this back and forth in my mind. I'm a competitor. I'm a broker. He's a broker. Why would he help me? Well, on my birthday, he sends me a message and he goes, hey, Humberto, happy birthday. And I thought, perfect, this is my, my chance. I've never spoken to the guy ever. Um, and so I called him and I go, hey, Daryl, this is Humberto. You just wish me happy birthday on Facebook. He goes, hey, how's it going, man? Great. I go, Daryl, I got to tell you, man, I'm struggling. I go, this is what's going on. Uh, this is how my business is ran. I don't know if you'd mind maybe point me in the right direction. Anything would help right now. And he goes, dude, I am so glad you called me. He goes, I'm getting older. I'm slowing down. I've been in the business a long time. He goes, I actually want to help people now. He goes, I give my personal cell phone number out all the time. Guess how many people call me? He goes, zero. And I said, dude, if you're willing to help me, I will drive to Arizona tonight. <laughs> and he started laughing. He goes, no, you don't have to do that. He goes, but I really like you and I appreciate your honesty. This is what I would do different. And so he kind of helped me reshape my business model, my sell cycle a little bit to where now it's obviously a little bit different. You know, so when you're talking about someone posting, I just deposited this, deposited this, you know, I see that stuff on social media all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, what's he, what's this guy scamming? What's yeah. this guy scamming? I mean, so that's, that's wild. I mean, I don't know how many people listening right now see that same stuff on like Facebook and all these different platforms. And like for me, I go, oh, man, that is lying. But that here's the thing. Like, it was, crazy. it was a closed group and he was yeah. doing it in a super humble way. He was just, yeah. cause it was, that group is more so for, it's for seasoned and for beginning brokers. Mm. And so he was going, hey guys, like you guys can do this. If you need help to reach out to us, willing to help you. Just like in a very benevolent trying so, to help. But he wasn't trying to sell coaching or anything like that? Not at all. Nothing. Wow. Yeah. And again, it was a closed group. If, if I would have saw it just like on a random yeah, then you social media wall, then you might get a little weird about it. Mm. But I knew exactly why I was in that group and what was going on. Mm. And um, yeah, sure enough, he was a great guy. I actually drove, I've been to his house now twice in Arizona. And I've sat with him for a couple of days and uh, great people. Wow. Yeah. Now, at that point in time, right when you're reaching out to him saying your business is struggling, at that point in time, did you think about leaving the business or did you still have your eye on the prize? So I, I started looking up how to become an Uber driver. Oh, wow. Yeah. And a Lyft driver because I thought I have to supplement my income somehow because I'm running out of savings. Yeah. Uh, I started having to use credit cards and all that. Um, but I didn't, I mean, I think if I, think if I had a job offer, I may have jumped on it. Yeah. I, I might have, but uh, I'm glad I didn't because I've kind of figured some things out. And most of the solve was to diversify myself and not be just conventional SBA money oriented, you know, kind of learning both ends of the, of the map. You know what I mean? So kind of going off, off of that, if there was someone looking to get into the business now, 
right? What kind of advice would you give them? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot to learn. Yeah. Um, I would think it's similar to real estate, yeah. you know, would I mean, it be joining a team. Would it basically be, be a teller for a little bit, kind of work your way up? Or is it like, so it depends on what, what route they want to go. I mean, if they yeah. want to be a business loan broker consultant, yeah. uh, you can go right into that. Yeah. I mean, it's sales. Um, it's commission only, you know, just kind of similar to real estate. So there's skills that you have to learn, some knowledge you have to learn. Very similar to being an, an agent, I would assume. Yeah. Some You have some big months, you have some months where it's slow. Um, but if you want to go into banking, yeah, that's that's where everybody starts is as, as a teller. And you, you learn the basics of banking, you know, what a wire transfer is, how to make a deposit, you know, how to balance a checkbook, like the super basics. And then slowly but surely, you know, you start getting promoted and, um, you know, my brother and sister actually are in are in banking. They kind of followed me. I'm the oldest of three, and they followed me in the same path. You know, we got I got into banking because of a program in high school, where if you're far enough ahead in credits, uh, your senior year you can intern in a specific industry, mm-hmm. and that's how I got in. And then they saw me do well. Um, my brother, my younger brother, and younger sister, and now they're both in banking. So when did they join the company? <laughs> Man, I've been telling them. I've been telling them. I go, hey guys, look. Here's what's great about what I do now. This is what I really enjoy, is that I feel like I get to tell clients the truth. Like yeah. I, that's something I'm really excited about. Is I feel like I get to lead clients with the truth and not have to give them, you know, the bias of the bank. You know, I don't have to sell them the widget of the week. You know, I don't have to tell them what the bank wants them to hear. You know, I get to tell people the absolute truth and lead them with that. And so. You know, I think there's a difference between success and significance. I'd like to think that I can have both because I'm actually helping people now versus, again, you know, preaching the, you know, the, the, what the bank wants them to hear. Um, but it's, it's, it's obviously, it's a little bit different. You know, you don't, there's no commission, but there's a lot of upside. I'm mean, sorry, there's no uh, paycheck, but there's a lot of upside. And then there's also, you know, I get to go home and sleep well at night because I feel like I'm actually helping people. This is what was really bad. Well, not bad, but unfortunate about being a banker is that now I feel like I'm helping the underserved business owner, right? Now they have somebody in their corner to help them out because when they were coming to me as a banker and I had to turn them down, most of my managers would tell me, Humberto, you can't help them. Like you need to cut bait, spend your time over here where you're going to get some production out of these, these clients because you're not going to get anything from spending your time with, with these people that we're turning down. And in my opinion, those are the people that need the most help because you can be a phenomenal business owner, great at sales, you know your product really well, but if you don't understand finance well, your business is gonna struggle, right? And so that's something that I take a lot of pride in now is being super transparent, being very, very tr- like open and honest and upfront about everything and helping people understand almost how the banking system works and the financial services world works. So it's a little bit different obviously, but I mean, I, I really enjoy it. And so that's something that I tell them all the time too, is I go, guys, you know, come over and work with me I mean, I think they're just, you know, obviously you get comfortable with the paycheck and it is what it is. Did you come up with that or is that something that success or significance? Yeah, I heard somebody say that. There's a difference between success and significance. And you can, you can be a successful banker, you know, but you're not really helping the people that really need the most help. Oh, I see. I took it when you said success <clears throat> or significance is the idea of, of like people like on social media, right, that aren't successful, but they people think that they're basically oh, no. the, the, the center of attention right there. Yeah. So like, oh my gosh, that's okay. Cause are you, okay. What do you, what do you mean by that? So well, I just feel like, like there, I just had a value, like yeah. making money and making that va- well, value. I just feel like now I'm, I'm okay. I had a client who I was pursuing while I was in banking yeah. and I went to go see him afterwards and I told him what I was up to now, you yeah. know? And he goes, Oh, so you're not a banker anymore. And I go, no. 
And he goes, oh, so you're actually helping people now. Wow. That's what he told me. And I thought, yeah, I guess, you know, because again, now I'm a free agent. Now I get to tell people the truth and help them understand why they got declined instead of trying to sell them to stay with me for as long as possible. Mm. I get to work with them, you know, in their, in, so here's basically kind of my model, right? Yeah. I work a lot with bank declines. So you're a business owner, you need money for your business, mm. but you don't know how you're gonna get it. Most people walk into the bank with their fingers crossed, yeah. hoping for a miracle. I'm the banker, I take their loan application, I look at their financials and I go, hey, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Mm. And instead of being able to sit with them and help them understand why, mm. some bankers will, there's good bankers out there, but most of them, even their managers are telling them, hey, you know, tell them that you can't help them and move on to the next, to the next business or the next yeah. business owner because you're a salaried employee, you have to put up production, yeah. right? So I love working with those people because I get to sit with them and really educate them and help them understand why their bank loan was declined fix the reason why it was declined and then help them go out and find the money that they needed for their business. And a lot of times these business owners need the money immediately. Otherwise they can't make payroll. They go out of business. They can't pay their rent. They can't take advantage of buying inventory, you know, that they can turn over for profit, whatever it is. But there's, I feel like there's a huge difference now because those are the people that really need the help the most. Do you only work in California, Southern California? Where I, can, you work? I can work anywhere really. Okay. Yeah. So if someone's listening right now and they have questions about finding some money for their business or a business they're looking to start, or maybe, I mean, I don't know if you're looking to grow or bring someone else on, but any of those kind of things, how would be the best way of reaching out? So you, social media, American Profit Consulting. Uh, on Twitter, it's the underscore bank whisper. Uh, you can call me. My phone number is 619-200-0351. Uh, my website is AmericanProfitConsulting.com. Um, either... Either way works. Thank you, Humberto, for for being on the platform right there. Absolutely. Um, hopefully, everyone listening, I mean, got got some great information. <clears throat> I mean, I think a lot of the stuff you talked about, where you kind of moved from you know the age of seventeen to twenty one to twenty three, I think it was, and then kind of every little stop right there, you kind of had a, a new game plan. And if there was a struggle in front of you, you kind of okay, what's my next step? Like, That's life. <laughs> I, mean, I, that, I mean, it's awesome. There's a lot of people that would like just <laughs> just say, oh, I'm going to switch it up or I mean, I've talked to a lot of people like that, and they, they end up finding their way, but, I mean, it seems like you had a pretty strong game plan of, of where you wanted to go and what you want to do next. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I've always been ambitious. I've always thought long-term, and, you know, that's just what happens to you. You know, I, I feel like life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it, and so. When, and, and the way you talk, too, I can definitely tell that that you're, you're fairly good at, at putting a plan together. So an individual looking to start a business or expand their business, Happy you'd be a great resource to, to talk to. So what was the number one more time for you? 619-200-0351. All right. Thanks again. Um, everyone, please, please listen. Please reach out if you have any questions. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, Road to Growth. Love to hear your feedback. And thanks you again. Roberto. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.